Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey, happy Sunday, and welcome to the new episode of Meet the Hollywood Press. I am Joseph Capps, your host. And every Sunday here, what I'm trying to do for you guys is bring together a group of journalists that are on the ground here in Hollywood, covering the beat, interviewing the celebrities, breaking the big stories, and sort of let you guys in on what I find to be fascinating is those conversations that are beyond just their story on the page, their tweets, their Instagram, their Facebook posts, but real talk about the stories before the stories break, after the stories break, and really just getting inside like journalists' heads that cover these stories and what their perspective are on some of these um, stories and and the buzz and and just sort of what they're thinking when they're actually doing their jobs. With that being said, um, before I do introduce our panel this week, I do just want to acknowledge that we had a really, really... um, horrific um, event happened this week that really, uh, you know, shook journalism to its core. And I just want to obviously pay respect to the victims of the Annapolis um, shooting before we get started. And we're going to we're going to touch on that story a little bit later and just sort of what that means moving forward for all of us journalists really in in Hollywood and all across the world. Um, So I just want to, you know, send my prayers and thoughts to the victims, families and loved ones and so on and so forth. That being said, I want to welcome this week's panel to meet the Hollywood press. To my left, first I have Anita Bennett, who is a journalist and host covering um, an array of topics in Hollywood, but she right now launched her own blog called Urban Hollywood 411. She has been with The Wrap. She has been with, um, help me out here. Los Angeles Daily (laughs) News. Los Angeles Daily News and also KTLA. KTLA. I wrote for KTLA.com, and I'm currently also an entertainment contributor to Fortune.com, Fortune Magazine. Thank you so much, Anita. See, I knew there was such a big list that I was going to forget one. (laughs) And we're all out of time, and that's it. (laughs) And also, I would like to introduce Denny Directo, who is host and ET uh, host and producer of Entertainment Tonight Online. Just ET online, yes, and also host of his own um, show, The Daily Denny, That's which right. you can catch on YouTube on ET's YouTube, which I enjoy. Channel. Thank you, very good. I yes. appreciate that. That's how I got this job, huh? <laughs> exactly. All right, thank you. And also joining us is Jordan Burchett, who is a pop culture journalist and host. He has been at an array of um, outlets. The Rap. He used to uh, contribute to Rolling Stone. Uh, he was the executive editor of Maxim when Maxim was a thing. <laughs> Remember and those days? CNN, uh, CNN, CNN Go. Well, yeah. Jordan has a long list. But anyway, welcome Jordan Thank to you. the table. Um, we're going to be starting out with my favorite topic. <laughs> <laughs> I admittedly cannot get enough of Roseanne Barr. Right. Um, I just, and I was so happy that I thought, oh, this, after last week's conversation um, on Meet the Hollywood Press about the spinoff, I was like, oh, it's dying down. And then Jerry Seinfeld, hand, <laughs> he like handed us a gift. So basically, on your show, uh, mind you, uh, Danny, on Entertainment Tonight. So um, just to catch everybody up really quickly, obviously the spinoff is a go at ABC after Roseanne's racist tweets got her uh, original reboot canceled. And now 
Jerry Seinfeld decided as he was promoting his show for Netflix, comedian, uh, comedians in driving cars, in cars, getting coffee. Getting coffee. I know, there's a lot there. I knew I was going to stumble over that. <laughs> so he basically got was on record with a bunch of reporters uh, promoting his show and and basically weighed in on Roseanne, which we're, we're so thankful for. But he was basically like, I don't even know why they fired her when she, why kill someone who's dead if they're already committing suicide? Mm-hmm. And he was basically saying that the firing from ABC was overkill. So I'm going to start out um, asking, Denny, your your show broke this. So first of all, do we agree? Was he right? Was her firing overkill? Um, I, I disagree. I totally yeah. disagree. I mean, you know, obviously ABC got a lot of praise after that swift cancellation for what they, a lot of people were saying was a... Uh, human decision. The the decision to cancel the Roseanne reboot was a human one. They did what was right. At the same time, they're not dumb. They realize Roseanne is a liability. You can't control what she's tweeting, and this is not the first time she has tweeted something that's either caused controversy, has offended people. I think this was the straw that broke the camel's back, and if they didn't make that move, I think people would have been judging them and they would have been reprimanded. Or, excuse me, people would have turned, turned their backs well, on Well, I mean, you can either can her right away, right. or you can wait for all the sponsors to drop out and deal with the exactly. headlines that ensue. It's gonna, I mean, we know how this goes. Well, they could consult right. Fox News for how to handle those. <laughs> right. It's interesting right. to me that Jerry said, oh, the show was going to die on its own. Is he not familiar with Trump supporters? Right. Uh, I think that they would have continued to tune in to the show, but, yeah. but also, there was so much outrage over her tweets, and it wasn't just about Valerie Jarrett. There were also yeah. some anti-Semitic tweets mm-hmm. that same day about Democratic uh, donor George Soros, who was Jewish, and she, she said who that she was saying said, he was married. Also, that Chelsea Clinton was, was married, married to his to nephew, his, which is yeah. completely false. And then she said he sent his own people to their deaths, and she called him a Nazi. So she yeah. was just. Unhinged, and I'll borrow from the Republicans, uh, the the RNC, which just released their uh, liberal bashing ad. But anyway, you had that, you know, after the outrage, you had, um, or after her tweets, you had Wanda Sykes, who was a producer on Roseanne, saying, I'm done. She tweeted that. And then you had Kenya Barris, the creator of Blackish, who has a relationship with ABC, saying, Later, look, I reached out to ABC and said, enough of this, I'm furious, get rid of her. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what Jerry Seinfeld I, is talking about. I feel like Jerry was a comedian defending a comedian, but in this case, what she tweeted wasn't funny. You know, yeah, it had nothing no. to do with her art. It's his default setting right. to always side with the comedian. It's almost his ethnicity exactly. at this point. But like, mm-hmm. I also don't know how serious... He expected to be taken by. I, mean, I don't know. He's like really passionate about his opinion that he. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I mean, I think he was sort of asked it in a gaggle of like reporters, and then it was sort of like I don't know. I think it was over. You know how he is because he really yeah. did give zero f's right now. Right, like right, right. he's like I got my show because even when they asked about, he hates the reboot uh, like craze oh, right. trend. He was basically like they're like what about Seinfeld? He's like I hate that they bring everything back. It's time. You know I like to look forward. He's like but he's bring like, Roseanne back. Yeah. <laughs> but don't fire Roseanne. But don't fire Roseanne. Um, so this brings me... He brought up an interesting point, though, here, because it's basically like with him... Now, me as a journalist covering this and just kind of mildly obsessed with Roseanne Barr and her tweets, <laughs> good or bad, um, I feel like with the sitcom moving forward, he he made me think about this, and I want to hear your thoughts, is that can can this... Is this show ever going to escape the this dark, looming uh, ghost of Roseanne, even when it moves forward? Because I feel like 
w- journalists are going to keep it alive because mm-hmm. it's stories. It gets people talking. Mm-hmm. And people are inter- because I feel like I think the sitcom, the spinoff is is semi doomed because mm-hmm. they're not going to get out from under. If she doesn't get off Twitter, mm-hmm. I, my opinion is that this show will still be. Everyone will still be talking about Roseanne. I think it depends on what kind of creative decisions they make with the mm-hmm. show. Yeah, if you make enough overtures and enough concessions, then you can actually win people back. The, the yeah. headlines will be less about. Uh, eventually what mm-hmm. Roseanne said and about what decisions they're making with the traje- trajectory of the show. And yeah. I think slowly but surely those headlines will start being far and few between. You know, yeah. and, But you're right. I just feel like it depends on the creative decision. But you know what? There's a lot of Aunt Jackie stands out there who might be tuning in to, You know, right after that. They're like, let's get <laughs> let's get the spinoff with uh, Lori Metcalf leading the pack. Well, and yeah. where was the strength of the ratings <laughs> of that show? Because if it was among Trump supporters, right. then you're losing all of those. It was... You're losing a lot of them, and it I, was in Middle America predominantly. Mm-hmm. They're not going to release. I, I'd be fascinated to see the, the, you know, demographically on the map, like where those came from. Because Nielsen boxes, do you even have you ever met a person in L.A. or Cal? Yeah, never. I've never no. met an L.A. New York person like, that has a Nielsen box. A Nielsen? I, if, if you had, do, please let us know. <laughs> like I've never I, met yeah. one someone with a Nielsen <laughs> if box. If there was yeah. like a Roseanne ratings map that you could lay over a voting map of the 2016 election, yes, it would look identical. How's that not made yet? <laughs> yeah, but the interesting thing is the show Roseanne co-created the show I just don't see how the show can go on without her I know it's been done before rebooting a show after yeah. firing the star I mean look at what happened with Charlie Sheen yes, yes. exactly but but this is Roseanne's show I just it's I'll like Archie Bunker with that. It's like All in the Family with that Archie Bunker. Yeah. Doesn't she still have to get some money off of this thing? No, you know, no she's they, not, they, they settled with her. Oh, so that was the only way that this payout. was yeah, okay. the only way it's going to move forward is if she for she, well that was her gift I guess as her yeah. you know penance for mm-hmm. all of this um, I, I guess it's just I wonder if Jerry Seinfeld just did it to get attention for his first <laughs> show because no. like I mean does he really care well if he didn't think this show should exist in the first place what does he care if she gets it's fired gone. from yeah. him you know? right, right, right. And, and sometimes yeah. it's best just not to answer I know reporters can ask all kinds of questions sometimes just don't answer were either of you seeing I think when I was um, doing research also this morning and looking online is it was it Judd Apatow or someone then also came out and said they believe Roseanne it's a cry for <laughs> is crying for Help. <laughs> was it Judd? I don't want to miss. Uh, so, but there was another like um, prominent person in Hollywood that basically came out then after this and was like, "I think it's a cry for help." <laughs> so we're hearing it. I was going to say, well, we heard it. We, <laughs> yeah, we, we got it. it. Yeah, we got it. Okay, so moving on. Please, someone put her back in the news next week so we can talk <laughs> about it again. And journalists keep asking questions about her. <laughs> So next, um, we're moving on to, obviously, uh, the immigration protest mm-hmm. yesterday. So Hollywood hit the streets again for an ant. I, I call it an anti-Trump protest, because it's, but it's actually a families belong together was the theme of mm-hmm. the march. And so big, you know, the usual social, you know, social justice uh, sort of celebrity. I like to call them, you know, social justice celebrities mm-hmm. um, hit New York and D.C. and um, L.A. and you know, seven hundred cities. Seven hundred cities. So some of the names were obviously like Lynn, um, Lynn uh, Manuel Miranda, Alicia Keys, America Ferrara, Kerry Washington, Amy Schumer, John Legend, Chrissy Teigen. You know, all the ones that are very active and very vocal on Twitter about mm-hmm. politics. But I guess what my overarching question, because I think it's a beautiful thing. Like I obviously think anyone, regardless of your field or your platform, should go out and support what they believe in. But what I want to ask is. Do celebrities at this point um, hurt or help Trump 
That's my big question in all of this. Listen, these protests were not geared towards Trump supporters. Yeah. Um, this was geared towards people who disagree with what the administration is doing. Yeah. People who are horrified that over 2,000 children are basically yeah. incarcerated, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Caged. So, yeah. It, yeah, in Literally cages. Yeah. So this appealed to more of the liberal base. Yeah. But what I think is beautiful is that it rallied the base. Yes. And you cannot mm-hmm. ignore the millions of people who took to the streets to voice their dismay with what this administration is doing. You just want to think that children is like something when we say let's let's um, focus on what uh, unites us more than divides us. And you'd always feel like children, as innocent as they are, would be like that one thing that unites everybody. And it's just so... Um, it's heartbreaking to watch on, mm-hmm. on a human level, on a journalist level, on any level. Because I also was reading, you know, there literally is three-year-olds that are standing in court with a court-appointed three-year-olds that can't speak English. And I think about the trauma and the horror. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's pressure on those courts to process them faster and faster. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And how could you not respond to that? You know, whether you're a celebrity or not, because as much as we like to believe that celebrities are not people, they are, right? Yes. They, of course, have a huge platform, but I think that gives them even more of a motivation. I mean, they have feelings and everything? They have feelings, <laughs> blood running through their veins. Okay. They care, you know. But if you, you know, if you disagree with what this administration is up to, yeah. you're going to do something about it. And you're they're obviously using their platform yeah. uh, for that very reason because they do disagree I mean they have these personal convictions so it's hard not to so whether they help or hurt I mean I think Trump's hurting himself <laughs> I, I mean like I I am personally def, uh, am defend a celebrity because I think regardless of your line of work if you're an actor on television you're a movie star you're a music artist it doesn't it doesn't take away your right to not be vocal like right. we can go on on any one of our platforms and say whatever we want you know what I'm saying and it's sort of and so can anybody so it's like all the there's always these like um, more conservative voices that say like oh celebrities shouldn't get involved in politics like they're, they're people all right? Right. It's, it's, like it's you just, just typically because celebrities more often than not differ in their politics from the people who are saying that who are saying that but I, I so I like your answer you're basically saying they rally the they rally the liberal base to get them out there and sort of help make change. And they rallied their fans. I mean, I talk to a lot of millennials and they tell me that they get their news from social media. Yeah. And so when you have a celebrity with 5, 10, 20 million followers uh, putting on social media, hey, this uh, this protest rally is occurring, it just informs people who don't, you know, read newspapers or tune into the local news. Yeah. But again, but then so when we're talking the Trump base... Well, it's repellent. Do you... Yeah, exactly. I feel like though, as much as it's rallying the liberal base, not to get too political on Meet the Hollywood Press, but but it's basically, do you think that it emboldened? I feel like it emboldened. I, I think, I think, it's, I think it's a net. I think it's a ultimately kind of a net zero. It's like a net zero. Yeah, like it leaves us to me where we're at. Yeah. Even yeah. though it was like a beautiful thing to watch, but I just, I just hope these. I mean, I just pray for these kids. It's just, it's, it's heartbreaking. And so. that they can reunite all the children with their parents. Yeah, especially the ones that have already been separated, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. at the border. Now, something that did stand out, though, you know, Cher was at the rally. Did any of you see that clip where she was basically like, "I've never seen anything like that. This is some real life handmaid's." Tail shit or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think I that. can say oh, that word because we're on it, digital. Yeah. Well, but if it. not, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> uh, moving on. Um, so this next story. Wow, a blockbuster here. So um, to give you a quick summation here, THR a, a really deep reported investigative uh, story that they um, came out with this week about. Uh, a victim, her name is Sil Lai Abrams, 
and she basically um, is accusing um, Russell Simmons and AJ a- a- Calloway of um, you know sexual misconduct, and they're and long story short, this story delves into that. She was trying to come forward during this the height of Me Too um, through an MSNBC interview with Joy Reid, who um, you know uh, hosts uh, AM Joy, and it again the gist of it is just that the story got caught up with questions from you know and from the network or whoever was overseeing Joy, and to just wrap it up in a nutshell, it again. It goes into this NBC's like chronic problem. NBC News's chronic problem with killing the Ronan Farrow story mm-hmm. that you know started this movement. You know the heart killing that. So I guess I want to just sort of get everyone's thoughts. Um, and Anita, why don't you start us off here? Just what do you think's going on here? It really speaks to me about the culture in NBC. Uh, with the Matt Lauer investigation, they launched their own investigation instead of mm-hmm. used, normally companies hire outside investigators. And so NBC yeah. did their own investigation and found that, uh, you know, there was no kind of burying of what Matt was allegedly doing, harassing people in the company. Yeah. And then you had the whole Ronan Farrow thing. Yeah. You had the Access Hollywood tape, which they had. But they did not release. This was with President Trump making the comments about grabbing women by the pee. Yeah. And so the Washington Post, someone leaked it to the Post. So it really makes me wonder, what is going on at NBC? Are they deliberately trying to suppress certain things? Yeah. Uh, Jordan, what do you... What do you- I mean, this story's tough, just based on what I understand of it, because even Joy Reid is on the record saying, well, you know, the statement was from the network, uh, it didn't meet our standards mm-hmm. for an airtight... Yeah, uh, you know, story, and she even says like, yeah, you know, I, I trust in the process here, and 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 so, mm-hmm. I mean, she's on the record as saying that, you know, it, at that point now it becomes it's like he said she said type of thing. We're like, I don't know, were the standards of the network being upheld? But haven't or? all these cases been he said, she said? Well, to your point, if the Matt in the Matt Lauer investigation, that's that's a critical error right there. Mm-hmm. You bring in an, an independent unit to, yeah, to investigate, right. and when you don't, now you've really exposed yourself to mm-hmm. criticism. You mean media companies can't police themselves? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking also, about? I think no. the question is also in the process, though, because uh, by the time we got to that network statement saying that it didn't meet their standards and practices, I mean, it had been months of them right. looking into it, and it went mm-hmm. all the way up yeah. past Joy Reid's bosses, you know? So I think that's what where it comes into question where the, you know, how and when they killed the story. Um, it's it's really complicated. But yeah. uh, clearly, there were receipts. If you read the Hollywood Reporter story, I mean, the receipts are there. Yeah, you know? that's you know. what I'm saying. And so, like, the, the reporting on the Hollywood Reporter story really just, like, blew it wide open mm-hmm. of just, like, the whole behind the scenes of just right. step by step of when it was, you know, brought to her and, and, and then when it was buried, pretty much. Yeah. Um, well, now it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. So, there, you know, but I think... I have a theory about this, and I'm, I, I just think that I think that what some um, legacy media figures or executives are not understanding that we don't live in the times we did 30 years ago. And I think they're still trying to apply these strategies and tactics, these PR, that the public's dumb. I mean, for for lack of a better word. And I think as journalists, it, we're very insulted, obviously. I mean, I know I am. That there's this still this idea of just well we're not going to comment or oh it's not this or it's like they're still trying to apply the strategies maybe that like back when Bill Cosby's uh, stuff was being buried by the like they don't work now I just think we live in a 
a more woke society, yeah. for lack of a better word. But um, do you feel that, that, that there's a certain element of that? Definitely. In the digital age, news happens fast. And so previously publicists or companies would not respond and the story might go away. That doesn't happen anymore, especially with the internet. I mean, I can send you a clip like with the Access Hollywood tape. If they won't release it, all it takes is someone uploading it and sending it to a reporter. Yeah, yeah. Right. so many ways, so many more ways to leak things. My curiosity, though, regards the fact that so many of these incidents are happening under the NBC Universal banner. Right. Yeah. So are they yes. the ones just they just have the most dinosaurs at the executive level? Or it's funny because there is a certain like I full disclosure I did work at NBC Universal years ago when I was the managing editor of AccessHollywood.com a good, good, good five years. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of legacy executives within the ranks, but remember now with the whole buy and the consolidation of Comcast coming on board, there is like a, a, a new layer of management that are like smart and savvy, but they're still sort of legacy people. And if you actually do the investigating and without me mentioning names, you you will you will dig into the, the departments that are troubled that end up having these there's these legacy hands yeah. in there. So it's it's not hard to figure out. I think that listen, I think when a new company is sort of like acquired like that and there's 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 there was obviously a lot of issues there but i think that uh, with the me too movement in general uh, that the other the enablers aren't being um, held accountable it's like you get matt lauer but then it's like who was matt lauer's boss at the time who was matt La- like you, you we know how this works we work in the industry we work in newsrooms we know people gossip we know people talk when there's bad behavior i just think there's a certain level of like the people that cut co- the people that committed the crimes, the people that covered up the crimes, people that enabled the crimes. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you're not like True. taking cutting out that whole fun like that whole uh cancer all together, then it's like well, it's, just it's like the subway posters about, you know, like leaving a bag. Say see something, say something. If you see something, say something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just have to, you know, hat tip to the I thought this was an excellent I read this from start excellent reporting, Hollywood reporter. Um and with that being said, we're going to move on unless you guys have any more thoughts on that. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Everyone's like, not me too. <laughs> not me too. <laughs> not me too. Um, okay, so this is the, moving from something heavier to something lighter. Okay, so I got to get your guys' feet on this because you know how much I tolerance I have in entertainment tonight. I think is a completely different animal and mm-hmm. how they cover celebrity. I like it because it recovers it respectfully. But the the site that cut broke this story um, is not that kind of celebrity coverage. <laughs> so um, basically, there was a report that broke that uh, you know Jamie Foxx and Katie Holmes split up. Okay, um, obviously blind source like it usually is at these like gossip tabloidy kind of sites, and so. Basically, it was like that situation where it spread like wildfire that they broke up, and then um, Katie's high power, you know, Hollywood publicist Leslie Sloan released mm-hmm. then a statement on an opposite platform, People Magazine, which is a more respectable publication, right. mm-hmm. to say that that story is like a thousand. Was it a thousand percent or a hundred percent untrue? She said a hundred percent untrue on the record. On like, the record, they yes. said it was Katie's rep. Exactly, right? but she did. She just said that story was untrue, but didn't say like they're together. Because so that's now the it's thing; they never it. actually confirmed the yeah. relationship. No one has. You yeah. Know? So mm-hmm. it's been long rumor that they've been uh, linked and together and a couple. And so when that story broke, she said that story's lie. But she never. I mean, she said. 
but I'm not inferring anything else, you know? It's yeah. like, it's just saying that that radar story is not true. So that's where... So did she ever confirm, because you would know better than I, yeah. um, it, uh, did she ever confirm on the record that they were together? No, that that, that was never confirmed. Nope, that's never happened. So then I guess it's like, that story's false, because how can you break up if we never confirm you were a couple? Yeah, I mean, in my personal opinion, I'm just kind of like, who cares? <laughs> um, <laughs> although, I was at the BET Awards last weekend, and I was like, oh, you know, Jamie Foxx hosted. I was like, where's yeah. Katie? But yeah. really, these are two, these are not reality stars. These are two yes. working actors. Jamie Foxx is a host. Yeah, like, yeah people yeah. with thriving careers. careers in mm-hmm. Hollywood. Yeah. You know, rea- I'm not knocking reality stars. I love reality shows, but these people put their whole lives on social media, who they're dating, uh, mm-hmm. whatever. They talk about it openly. Exactly. They talk about it openly. That's their brand. Yeah, that's their brand. Yeah. And that's not the case with these two. They've never come out publicly no. and said it. There have been paparazzi pictures of them together right. doing various yeah. things. But again, it's just like, do we really need to get in these people's bedrooms, private lives? I think what I just am curious to just ask you guys, though, as a journalist standpoint, it's like, We've been doing this dance for years, and I feel like when when you sort of have the situation where one publication reports one and another one goes with the opposite story, but then does this ruin a relationship where, like, I find it to be really hard to then do stories and work with um, publicists that are, like, you just want, you got to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to be, so it's like, I, she's a pro, by mm-hmm. the way. She handled, Leslie Sloan, by the way, handled, like, Britney during, like, right. the head shaving, because right, I was right. at Access Hollywood. So I think it's what you just said. It's like, they've never said they were a couple in the first place, so why is Radar, How like, does that make the story untrue, though? That What I'm trying to resolve in my mind is how she defends her use of that term, it's untrue, just because she never confirmed. If, okay, if they were together, we just yeah. didn't confirm it, mm-hmm. and they just broke up. Yeah, but we didn't. Com- it doesn't. The story's not untrue. But it's also publicist speak. She didn't say they were never dating, or they did not break up. They are still together. They're planning to get married. She didn't say that. So right. you kind of have to read between the lines of what she said. But honestly, I don't think the. I don't want to say tabloids, but they are tabloids. Yeah. Uh, certain publications, they don't care what celebrities say, and neither do their fans. Yeah. Those sites in particular don't care. Sites like us, we do, you yeah. know? So that yeah. you have, that comes into play. I mean, let's be honest here. It's all about relationships. So yes. if it's coming from a gossip site, and the rep is saying it's not true, they never confirm the relationship, and plus, let's be honest, she, is a, she represents some high-profile stars that matter to our brand and our audience, mm-hmm. then the story for us is like, not worth it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess that we gave that the attention it deserves. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're Anita, far more than it deserves. I know, right? I mean, but I did admit, I was like, where's Katie? I see, yeah. you were looking. You were looking. Though, right? I, the, to the level of, like, celebrity romances at the point I am in my life, is like, I like to, like, I think Ariana and Pete Davidson are adorable together, mm-hmm. and that's what I, I say. Like, great for them. Right. Then there's, like, all these, like, haters online that are going, oh, my God, they just met and they just got together. And it's like, who are anyone to say? Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. when people are supposed to get together and not I wish it happened that fast for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. If it's right, it's right. Just you know, jails. you know. You know, exactly. They're just hating. <laughs> Let's move on to some um, some fare that we actually can all uh, sink our teeth into. So um, apparently, again, I don't know when this is going to stop, but like, can like like music artists that are super talented just like maybe write their own stuff? Like, I I think that we're at this point, and I'm I'm, I'm saying like. Basically, Ed Sheeran and um, Donald Glover, who goes by Childish Gambino, 
his This Is America song and then Ed Sheeran's Thinking Out Loud both this week um, are being accused of like ripping off uh, other people's uh, material. Mm-hmm. And so let's actually uh, start with the Donald Glover because I want to like we're going to listen to the clip where they mashed the two songs together and then, then, then we'll, we'll pick the conversation up. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. I'm young and I'm black in America. They try to attack and embarrass us. Y'all don't want your daughters to marry us. But they let us dick so I tear it up. Money's my language. But I'm nobody's slave. Open my eyes. Yeah, I'ma go into this. Yeah, yeah, this is Gorilla. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go get the bag. No type of bullshit, I require silence. People wanna bottle my virus. Thieves on the track, it came out of my sinus. Look how I'm living now. Police be tripping now. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. Police killed my best friend, they shot him dead. I do not forgive, I do not forget. Okay, come back in from that. Who wants to take this first? Who feels... Jordan, I think you you're, some, you Jordan, you're pretty thoughts. passionate <laughs> yeah. about it. Go ahead, Jordan Merchette. I think Donald Glover, he personally has a lot of credibility with me. Yeah, I love right, him. I think right. he's super talented. And I kind of feel like... This time, this was a little bit more compelling than when I just listened to them independently. We had this conversation right, before right, right, right. going to air. Yes. But I still feel like people who think that those songs sound alike mm. just think all rap songs sound alike. Mm. Nah, I, I am a fervent <laughs> hip-hop fan, not the uh, misogynistic songs. But anyway, that sounded like the same song to me. So all I have to say is, open your checkbook, Donald. (laughs) (laughs) To the naked ear, it sounded similar. You know, I'm not a music expert, but it did sound awfully similar. similar. Mm -hmm. However, I think the... the original song, we'll call it the original song, so not the Childish Gambino song, the artist actually... Took to Instagram, right? Yeah, Uh, yeah, American Pharaoh. He said, let's not let this controversy take away from the message. Because they had very similar messages, Messages. too, right? They're like, let's not take that away from the the impact. He knows that that song is saying something, Mm -hmm. right? The the point he was making also, though, is that hip-hop is a medium uh, in which sampling is existential to the music. So he... Nah, he didn't decry it, but he also pretty much acknowledged, like, yeah, I think he, I think, mm-hmm. he, I think he pulled from my. Yeah, song. the beat sounded very, very similar. Uh, can we all agree? Because see, my point, and maybe this is me being like all kumbaya about it, but like, I feel that like when artists are creating music, they have favorites, just like we all have our favorite music, and I don't think they necessarily set out, but it's like almost like they're inspired by. Mm-hmm. They're it's like derived from, and it's yeah. almost like an homage to the other artists. Like I do believe that it's like nothing but love for like mm-hmm. I like this song. Yeah. It's like similar to it. I feel like if I was like the ruler of how whoever governs this, like like the academy or something, there should be some leeway built in for like inspirational like what like the way we do in news like fair usage like you're like mm-hmm. news fair usage like what sort of could be maybe like there's this gray area here it's like an inspired by track well, you know we'll see how this of... plays out because Don Glover's producer says they have Pro Tools files from three years ago 
Uh, American Pharaoh came out two years ago, right. I think. So they're oh, going okay. to so settle that eventually. He deleted that tweet, though, by the way. He said that, and then he deleted it. Oh. Mm. Right, yeah. So, oh, Charlie, oh, uh, No, the, the producer. Oh, the producer did? Who said we have those profile, pro-res mm. files or whatever from three years ago. Oh, this is getting this good. Is so, yeah. Now it's like... <laughs> Stay tuned. Maybe could find them, you know? But uh, there, it is a gray area. It is complicated. And in fact, that's why, uh, if you guys recall, in 2016, Pharrell Williams and Robin Thicke were being sued by the Marvin Gaze by Marvin Gaze family saying yeah. that Blurred Lines ripped off uh, what's going on or uh, it was or, uh, uh, gotta give it up yeah, right yeah. or gotta give it up and and I mean a lot of artists were rallying behind Pharrell and Robin saying this will set a precedent precedent yes. if the jury rules that they did um Borrow yeah. from the original material, then it sets this precedent where it's like artists who are, are influenced yeah. by these artists Influ- yeah. maybe don't set out to copy them, but there's like an influencer that you hear, then they have to pay royalties. That sets a weird, mm-hmm. weird thing. It's all a segue yeah. into the other song right. from this movie. Oh, think it right. out loud. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's listen to this other song. Are, was I supposed to know lyrics, J- JB? And I can't sweep you off of your feet. Will your mouth still remember the taste of my love? Will your eyes still smile from your cheek? Darling, I will be loving you till we're 17. Okay, let's come back in from that. Do we have the... Yeah, I think she has. I thought that was a mash of the Marvin Gaye. Bear with us, please. Apologies. That might be on me. Okay. Ah, okay. So we don't have the other audio up. Well, everybody should know. Let's get it on. (laughs) And it's. Why don't you sing a bar? I was just about to ask. I was like, Danny, could you sing a bar? (laughs) I'll do. I'll do Ed Sheeran. We'll talk about how similar they are. Um, so Marvin Gaye's family is just like looking for anyone that basically is ripping off the music. So here's the thing, though, where Marvin Gaye's family were the ones suing Robin and Pharrell. This is actually not Marvin Gaye's family is not suing Ed Sheeran, an investment banker who has one third of the rights to Let's Get It On, is making sure that his investment stays. I think he's firm. got a better case than the, the Marvin Gaye family had. With, with Blur Lines, yeah. I agree with you, actually. Yeah. yeah. I didn't at first until we like were playing that bass line together, and then I There's, started singing... Oh, it's unmistakable, especially the way the, the, the percussion comes The percussion, line, the drums in that bass line in particular. I guess my more curious question then here is, do you think artists are setting out to purposely steal the material? They just are inspired by the artist, and it's more of an innocent thing, but it's going to cost you to basically... I mean, unconscious plagiarism is still plagiarism. You can unwittingly rip somebody off and not even realize you were inspired by it. Yeah. So then, what's your feeling on this? Like, you, you, are you? Do you open on up the your side? checkbook? Like, I need. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Know. open up that checkbook. Show me the money. <laughs> but Joseph, I'm kumbaya too. I'm thinking, okay, they're just influenced. You know, they remember that percussion that they like. But that being said, the law says something different, right? It could yeah. be a feeling, but yeah. to be fair, and you know, sampling does happen a lot in the music industry, and people pay for the tracks. Know, they pay for the tracks mm-hmm. or for the music and stuff. Uh, so I, I like to think that they aren't doing it, you know, mm-hmm. consciously. But like, if I'd never seen the Nike logo before, and I was like. 
hey, I got a really good idea for a thing, and I put this on all kinds I mean, of T-shirts and stuff. I was like, well, I mean, I came up with right, it. Right, 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 right. And let's, you know, let's forget too. It's not just an artist. There's so many people who are helping produce these tracks. Oftentimes, you know, so it could be influence right. from a mixer, from totally. you know, producer. Maybe not Ed, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just a celebrity defender. Okay. <laughs> Well, thank you. I appreciate that insight because you guys are way more like music buffs than I am. But I, but I did find it to be fascinating just because when he released the song, I thought it was great. He released it during his like SNL uh, hosting gig. Remember that? He mm-hmm. like dropped the, mm-hmm. the the video during hosting it, and I was like, I thought it was really, really cool, especially around what was happening in the country at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's impactful. Okay, so now we're moving on to somber topic, unfortunately, and, and then we'll, um, but the whole Annapolis shooting, obviously, in the newsroom um, on uh, this past week, I want to just sort of get, I don't want to, re- obviously, we're not CNN, we're not MSNBC, we don't need to relive, like, the details, but obviously, people, um, a gunman went into the um, newsroom, and people were killed, and it's really sent shockwaves sort of through the industry that we work in. And I guess I want to know what you guys are hearing. Like, are you hearing anything on the ground in terms of... Because I was trying to ask around quickly, like, this morning about, like, has Hollywood... Because I didn't see any articles online, which I found to be interesting, from Hollywood about, like, what is Hollywood newsrooms maybe like? Are they on alert for this? Have you... I mean, I think um, having gone to interview people in various studios and whatnot. Studios have pretty good security. Yeah. Um, It's more newsrooms I'm concerned about. Exactly. Um, A couple of years ago, I worked in a newsroom where there was absolutely no security. There was just a receptionist out front. Yeah. And um, I actually sounded an alarm to the publisher, to my bosses, saying, we might need a little security. And we worked together at The Wrap. The same thing happened uh, with the Charlie Hebdo attack. Uh, in France, yes. Anyone at the rap could, and we were like right on the street. Anyone could have just walked in the door. And after that, the owner, um, you know, God bless her, she installed yeah. a, what is it called? The little the card system, the, yeah, the, the key, system. The key yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she heightened security after exactly. that. But I think a lot of, you know, in America, we're very reactionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel I'm like scared for journalists right now. Um, you know, but like, do you think that this has to do with? where we're at and the tone tone of the country overall like is it like that's the big argument when I'm looking on Twitter even from Hollywood journalists mm-hmm. the argument seems to start lying in the fact of um, is this the rhetoric of like Trump hating the media that's like spilling over or was this an unfortunate thing that was going to happen because the person had an axe to grind anyway that was the, the first thing I thought when the news first broke like there you go yeah, this is, this is what this is what you get. But I'm not this sure in this specific. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure that in this specific case you can draw a line between Trump's rhetoric and the actions of that dude who had a, a history with that publication, yeah. and he's right. already crazy going in. And had, you know, so, uh, I, I but I don't think that um, that should do anything to discount the discussion that we're having about that because, like, yeah. we're, we're reaching towards a breaking point. There's always a breaking point. Mm-hmm. Do you remember 17 years ago when we were all American? I mean the world because it took like two buildings coming down and half the Pentagon taken out and then for like 10 minutes everybody was American that was a huge breaking point for things Mm -hmm. to cool out we are, you know, the pot is simmering. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, like, when's the break? When's the what's the breaking point? That's, that's breaking what's so point. frustrating, right? Because we were all talking about that. That it has to get really, really bad for it to maybe get a little good, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So it's heartbreaking. I do yeah. believe that in this particular case, that. 
Crazy Man had a axe to grind. Yes. But it does, you know, it opens up that discussion about journalism too, you know, that byline. Yeah. It uh, holds a lot of weight. Yeah, and also just I think that it gives me pause just how journalists in this day and age live on a mul- in a multi-platform universe. Mm-hmm. Right. We track our moves. We are on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're at mm-hmm. this premiere. We're at that. I mean, it's very easy to to get to locate people. You know, I think it's um right. I think it's just an unfortunate thing that it's just the times that we live in and I sound like an old person saying that like but um but it is scary. Well yeah, cuz I mean, if you're younger, you don't know any other times. Life yeah. is just crazy. That's all yeah. you ever know. Life is crazy. That's true. <laughs> it's, I mean, the president's words don't help. Yeah. So, I hope that he will be more careful about what he tweets. Mm. Um, but also, I was in Spain a couple of months ago when the attack happened at the high school in Florida. Yeah. And it's a societal problem. People in other countries, you know, maybe mm. South America is different, Latin America, Mexico. I don't yeah. want to bash Latin America, Mexico. Yeah. But people in Europe, um, I was going to school there taking some Spanish classes, and people were yeah. horrified and, and they didn't understand how there wasn't outrage in America. You know, as the only American in my classes, they were asking me, why does this keep happening? And it's because there are so many guns in this country, yeah. and things don't change. Yeah. Well said. I also wouldn't count on Trump's tweeting to change. I'm hoping. I don't, I don't know. I'll hope right along change. with you. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't holding breath, though. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, well, that being said, um, I want to move on to a segment that we call here every week on uh, Meet the Hollywood Press, Overheard, Overheard Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I give all of my guests an opportunity to basically tell us some, tell our listeners and um, viewers something maybe that you've worked on this past week or something you're already you know working on for next week, but anything in Hollywood that you just find interesting, something you might have heard at an event this week, anything. Mm-hmm. It's like your open platform. So, Anita, tell us. What do you got for us? Um, so this past week on Urban Hollywood 411, I yep. had a story saying that the BET Awards, uh, they've been held in L.A. since 2002, that they might leave uh, BET's contract with AEG, which owns... Um, LA Live, yeah. where the awards are held. Uh, the contract ended with the current, this past BET Awards. Got it. And so um, I got a statement from BET and AEG, a joint statement saying that they are going to discuss a contract um, extension for 2019 in the near future. Um, that being said, I personally don't think the awards will leave. They could go to Atlanta. I overheard this backstage at the BET Awards. Um, Hollywood Insider was talking to a BET employee, and I was sitting at a table with him. And I asked about it, and then I said, do you mind if I report this? And yeah. I reported it all on background. But yeah. anyway, award shows, it's plausible. Award shows generate so much money. I did, I did some math, and uh, according to studies, the Grammy Awards... <laughs> Put eighty-two. They generate eighty-two million in economic activity. That's a lot of money, and so these wow. cities are all that's like a lot competing of money. to for get like a, for a year. Like a, yeah. Are Just competing year. to get yeah. these shows in the Academy Academy Awards sixty-seven million. Um, the city of New York, when they announced that the VMAs were going to be in New York this year, they said that the show generates fifty million in economic activity. Now, here's the the thing: wow. the BET Awards generate more because they have a three-day music festival leading oh, up to the oh, awards. That's right. And then there's also like 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 yeah, there's like events like even before the official three days <laughs> yeah, that start so being peppered. We're in. talking yeah. about a lot right? Yeah, the BT yeah. experience. Yeah. So we're talking about a lot of money and Atlanta's probably trying to steal the awards away. Is anyone else okay. surprised that the Grammys make fifteen million dollars more than the Oscars? 
Um, you know, there was a group. It's a group yeah, called Science. Micronomics. It's a local research firm. And um, I did a story on this uh, two years ago. And they said that with the Grammys, with musicians, these people are coming from around the globe and they have these large entourages and they bring in all their people. And a lot of the Hollywood types who go to the Oscars live here. Right. Now, you do have people coming from other countries and whatnot for the Oscars, but it's not on the same level as the Grammys. And these are folks staying in hotel rooms, spending money on transportation, um, food. And, right. And then with the Grammys, just the sheer number of categories, too. Uh, oh, and, my God. And nominees. That's true. Yeah. There's yeah. just so many people who are nominated. And even within the five names, that's like five groups. That's yes. however many people are in each group, too. So you're right. Just mm-hmm. the sheer number of people who actually have to be here for that true. is a lot. Yeah. Good for LA. I'm kidding. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, New what York you is always trying to steal the awards away. Right, right. They got a couple recently. Yeah, like Grammys uh, last year. Um, I do want to plug Daily Denny. It's of course. Uh, of course you mentioned it at the top of the show. Yeah. It is, uh, for lack of a better word, I describe it as a version of ET on YouTube, hosted by yours truly. Uh, it's yeah. m- weekdays, Monday through Friday, on ET's YouTube channel. Uh, and this summer, my B is uh, every summer. My B is America's Got Talent. Oh, right on. Uh, NBC's number one summer show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that show. I do love that yeah. show. And honestly, the talent this season, there's uh, one more week of the first auditions, uh, one more golden buzzer on the line. I've been talking to a lot of the contestants, the judges as well. That content's on every Wednesday on Daily Denny, but also on etonline.com. But it's going to be a fun summer. Do you have that buzzer that says we're tired? I do. Oh, my God. I do. I you're, going to t- you're going straight to the, the live show. Yeah, yeah no. I was terrorizing my last team all day long when I would keep hitting that buzzer because it's like tired. <laughs> Going, you going straight to the last <laughs> I show. love it. I love it. But you know, you know that show is so good at tugging at the heartstrings. Like I just am a sucker for those sappy yeah. stories, and then they perform, and you're like, oh wow, yeah. Uh, and I've talked to a lot of them, and like they're literally coming from nothing. So um, it's really inspiring, and I've been covering it all summer long. So come hang out with us. Awesome. Nice. Jordan Burchette. I got to tell you, man, my journalist bucket this week's a little, a little shallow. A little shallow. So overheard in Hollywood for me this coming mm. week will be um, my. Ho- I live in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, in the immediate vicinity of my house, you will overhear quarter sticks of dynamite going off and dogs barking in terror on Fourth of July. July. Yes. <laughs> As people in the That's area right. totally with reckless abandon, yes. oh my gosh, ignore yeah. local um, ordinances. It's like the purge. Oh, it's like wow. they go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the Hollywood purge. <laughs> the Hollywood purge. Fireworks light everywhere. Yeah. Thank Thank you to all three of you for stopping in today on um, Sunday and and dishing on all these topics. And thank you to everyone listening and watching. And also have a great 4th of July week. Come back next week where we bring you um, another three uh, journalists from Hollywood discussing what's going on next week. Um, So thanks for tuning in. And I'm your host, Joseph Capps, and this is Meet the Hollywood Press. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.